Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. All right, good to have you. Thanks for hanging out with us. The second hour morning drive on a Tuesday. Eric will be back tomorrow from vacation, a couple of days out working on his golf game and having fun in Vegas. Sean Drotar has spent time with us here for the last couple of days. We appreciate that. You can catch Sandy Clough and Sean in their afternoon time slot from 4 to 6 o'clock right here on Mile High Sports. Watch us at milehighsports.com. Roller Auctions brings you uh, to us each and every day, and we're pleased for that. Ah, back to the Broncos, which lost in game 18-17. to 17. Not important. Sometimes the manner in which you lose it is important because obviously you're trying to get things figured out for the season. So after going 0-2, one was blocked in the exhibition opener. Place kicker Brett Maher got most of the kicks at practice yesterday for the Broncos. It was pretty good. Did miss once from 50 yards, hit from 53, I think, but be that as it may, Elliot Fry missed from 50 yards against the Cardinals, but hit from 55. It has been in a word, an uninspired competition competition between the two. But remember what Buddy Ryan said about kickers. Quote, football kickers are like taxi cabs. You can always go out and hire another one. Are you in the Buddy Ryan school of thought? And what in the wide world of sports do you think Sean Payton's doing with the kicking, quote, competition that thus far has really produced nothing? I, I mean, obviously you're disappointed with the the, the kicking battle, as it were. I think the, the Broncos thought that Brett Maher, who was uh, right outside the top 10 in accuracy in the regular season last year, would basically get it get back over the sort of yips that, that mm-hmm. plagued him. And uh, thus far, it hasn't seemed to have happened. You know, you missed one, you had another one blocked. Yep. And I don't think there's a lot of time for the, the Broncos to wait that out. When they put Maher on the depth chart with Elliott Fry as co-starters, like they did with Dream Jackson and Caden Stearns, I think the message sent was, we want Mar to win this job. Yes. But he's going to have to win the job. We're not giving it to him, which I think is the same message they were trying to send to Caden Stearns when you're talking about the, that situation. But if Mar cannot get right this week, and when I mean get right, I mean in practice he better hit everything. In the game against the Niners, he not only better hit everything, but it better go through the middle. Yeah. Not sneaking it in. I think they have to look somewhere else. No, I'm not in the Buddy Ryan camp if you can just get them anywhere. Uh, the Broncos, as a matter of fact, I mean, before Brandon McManus, you had Matt Prater. Mm-hmm. Before Prater, you had Jason Elam. Before Jason Elam, you had Rich Carlos. Before Rich <laughs> Carlos, you had Jim Turner. That's six kickers that spans 40 years with only blips in between. Yeah. And- uh, the, the Broncos have historically had kickers that have been around here for a while. And there's a reason for that. When you finally have one, they're kind of... It's it's the assumption is they're easy to place, but the grass is always greener on the other side. Are you not counting David Treadwell in the group? I, I should count Treadwell, but he didn't stick around as long. Wasn't as, as there the for others. long, was he? Yeah. But but to your point, and it's a good one. There's a really solid, consistent tradition of excellent kicking for this franchise. Tim Turner's in the Ring of Fame. Yes, he is. Jason Elam, <laughs> and, and you know what? Brandon, should be, Brandon right? McManus probably should be at one yeah. point too. Were the Broncos at all premature in yes. jettisoning? Brandon McManus. Yes. 
and for the wrong reasons. Yes. I I, I, I maintain it's because he was a, a a very aggressive voice in the players' union. He was the union rep. And, and I, there is a history at times of, let's say, vocal union reps mm-hmm. getting tossed overboard with regularity, especially in the NFL, where the players' union is the weakest, I think, of guys. Clearly. Clearly. Neck and neck with the NHL, mm-hmm. but the players' yeah. association in the, in those two leagues are definitely not the strength of the MLBPA or the NBAPA. And um, I, whether I don't I don't know whether that played a, a part in it, but would it surprise me? Absolutely not. Uh, McManus had a bad year by his standards, but he was also put in situations from a coaching staff that less than ideal, and uh, a coaching staff that he clearly had some issues with, and it turned out. In the end, um, as Sean Payton basically called Nathaniel Hackett's coaching job one of the worst in the history of the NFL, um, you were to say if Brandon McManus had a problem with the coaching staff, then presumably wouldn't the Denver Broncos organization under Sean Payton think he'd be right? You would think, then right? Then why move on? Yeah. He was perfect, lest people forget. And they're going to remember missed extra points. They're going to miss. Would we be having this discussion at all? Even after McManus's last season, we we'll be having a Right. I no, agree. Right. We wouldn't. wouldn't even be having this discussion at all. He was perfect, by the way, from 40 to 49 yards. Right. Kickers aren't important right up until <laughs> the time that they are important. Right. So, and I, and I heard Jake Plummer's uh, remark that he made, I believe to altitude sports uh, a couple of years ago, kind of saying, you know, you just take your bag of balls and we'll, we'll call you when we need you that, that type of thing. And that, and then I, and I get it. I get real football players talking about kickers in that manner, but even just think about the, the game on Friday night and, and none of us really care. And we're not going to remember who won or lost this game. You, you make a couple of those kicks and you're not in a last second situation mm-hmm. to lose a game against a really bad football right. team. Right. I mean, you're not even in that situation. You make a kick. If you just make one kick. Yeah. Is the opening day kicker on the Broncos roster? If it's not Brett Maher, then, then no. It, then, right. That's it. It's not going to and be And we're going to know, Brett. and we're going to know on Maher this time next week. I would think that you're right. They made work for him yesterday. Robbie, got a Gold, bunch of kids Robbie Gold's still sitting out Yes, there. he I is. I know Robbie Gold's 40, and yep. I get that. Uh, you're also talking about a guy that from, from 40 yards and in doesn't miss. And is the range a problem? Sure. But yep. the ball flies further in Denver. In fact, we know that. Thanks, Rockies baseball history. Uh, about 9%. Mm-hmm. So 50 yarders are like 45 No humidor is necessary yep, for the football. And uh, I, I guarantee you a guy like Sean Payton is not going to want to lose games, the real game, mm-hmm. and have to go, my kickers went, my kicker went one for four. I Would Robbie Gold set the you know, Broncos on fire and make the fan base cut it. No, if you're Sean Payton, you're like, at least I know when I line the guy up to kick, he's probably going to make it. I guarantee you Sean Payton's going to take that. He's going to take reliability over boomer bust every time, even if it's not that exciting and it means the 60 yarders are out of the equation. It wasn't last year, but the Broncos have played the 49ers a lot over mm-hmm. the last five years in exhibitions, uh, joint practices, this, whatever, whatever. Robbie Gold, I'm watching him during warm-ups. And he gets done kicking mid-range stuff in the middle of the field, and he and he takes his self-kicker, you know, the thing that you use, not not with a holder, and, and goes to the corner of the field. And I'm talking the corner 
of the uh, basically on the goal line, and he puts us and he puts it down. So he is literally looking dead straight ahead at the at the side mm-hmm. of the goalpost, and then proceeds to start banging balls off the the goalpost, one after the other. What are we talking about? Six inches, eight inches? I don't know. Whatever it is, it's a big pipe that extends from the from the goalpost, and he hits about six or seven of them in a row, just working on his boom, boom. It was one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot, but Robbie Gold just banging balls off of the uh, uprights from the side parallel to the goal line. Just, just remarkable stuff. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to get more into Deion Sanders, the lack of culture, why culture and winning, I guess traditionally and historically kind of go together, but why he might be trying to rewrite the book. Is it going to be a difficult challenge or a different challenge in big-time Division One football? That is, we continue in a moment. Get her out of my mind. Wow. I think about the girl all the time. Wow, wow. East side to the west side. Mm. Pushing fat rides. It's no surprise. Mm. She got tricks in the stash. Stacking up the cash. Fast when it comes to the gas. Mm. By no means average. Mm. It's on when she's got to have it. Mm. Baby, you're Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Sean Drosar in for Eric, who will be back tomorrow morning, or at least that's the schedule. Eric's never had problems getting back from vacation. Maybe mentally, right? We all, yes. we all have those issues coming back from vacation. It's never Mentally, easy. Mentally, never. No, never easy. But you can be here in person, and we expect Eric back bright and early tomorrow. Time now for What's Trending. The Buzz is presented by Johnson Garage Doors. Fast, on-time, professional, same-day services. That's Johnson Garage Doors. Go to johnsongaragedoors.com. I don't care about culture, said Deion Sanders at CU's Media Day last week. Prime continuing, I don't even care if they like each other. I want to win. End of quote. Sean made an interesting point and a good one, I think. It is a very professional point of view. It works at the next level. I don't... I. I don't think that you hear people voicing that. I do think culture is important at all levels. My God, Sean Payton has worked long and hard and is continuing to work on culture for the Denver Broncos. We've got it right there uh, on our own front porch. Is this a big ask for a group of 18 to 21-year-olds to be that kind of football team where you don't even have to like who you're playing with, you just got to go out and win. Well, I mean, I think some of that is a little over-the-top bluster. I think you do want to like each other. Because Deion Sanders also said last week, we talked about how 
uh, integrated and together the yes, team was. Specifically talking about their meal times together and how they've all gotten together from different backgrounds and and get along and enjoy each other's company. So I think you have to when you look at any, any particular Deion Sanders quote, you have to also zoom out and look at the whole book. Right. But I I don't in this case, and here's why: the reality of college football has changed. And in this case, you have seventy plus players coming in from all over the country from programs that they did not originally commit to. And each of them, whether they were 18 to 21 or not, knew what they were doing when they did. Mm-hmm. They, they know I'm leaving my current school to go to this school who I don't know anybody, or at least not very many of them. And they knew what they were getting into. So I don't think it's actually too much to ask to say, look, you, you jumped into this. Knowing you weren't going to know your teammates, so you're going to have to figure it out on the fly. And you know what? The truth is, you get 53 human beings in the same room. And when college football, we're talking 90 plus. They're not all going to like each other. That's human nature. Not everyone's going to get along. Not everyone's True. going to have the same viewpoints. That's life. And I think college in general is kind of where that rubber hits the road for a lot of kids. In whether you're just a student in astrophysics, same thing. Sure. Uh, so I, I don't think it's too much to ask. And I think in this case, where you now have a world of, of, of name, engine, image, and likeness, of which we kind of always did. We just made it transparent. Um, <laughs> We've given I, it a title. I don't think it's, it is too much to ask. I think it's quite reasonable to say at this point, uh, you are small islands of business unto yourself. Mm-hmm. And that means that even though you are doing that, you're going to have to interact with a bunch of other guys with the same goal. Could it? Dion have been more eloquent about saying it, I suppose. But sometimes, you know, you were 18, I was 18. Sometimes the more direct way gets through a little better. They all have come because of the voice and the persona of one man. Right. And that gives you a chance for a unifying quality a lot faster. I will say that. But I am wondering about We talked about this in the first hour. Alabama's got 100 guys on that roster. They have no holes on their roster. They have no holes on their roster. Georgia has no holes on their roster. Ohio State, even Notre Dame. there, There are a lot of programs that can just dip into the well and pull out the next guy. I'm wondering how close they are to doing that at Colorado. I love the skill guys. I, lo- I, I look at Shador, and I look at the, some of the guys that they brought in. Oh, Hunter and oh, McLean. Oh, my God. They have guys that yeah. jump. Alta McCaskill. Off the page. Yeah. How many, how many big uglies do they have? That's the How many guys along the defensive and the offensive fronts? That those are the two places where you have the most holdovers, of which there's not very many. No. But you'll find them on the lines. It's going to be really interesting. And I posed this question. As a, as a tease in the first hour, what happens, and I don't necessarily think that this is going to happen, but what happens if you get your ass kicked the first couple of weeks? Well, as we pointed out before, they're 20-point underdogs yeah, to TCU. Yeah, they are. But, but I think that they're... I, I, think, but I, think, I that, think they'll cover that, I but, do I don't, too. but I don't I, think they're I'm gonna... with you. I think they'll cover it as well. I think that there are... Not even claws. I think that there are fans that are wearing the whole thing on their chest that are saying, yeah, but what, 
I know they're I know they're big time underdogs. I was about to wear back in the closet before I hopped in this morning. Which I literally did. Well, there you go. But I think that there's some people that are believing right off the bat this is going to be a competitive They'll be lucky to get to a bowl. Football. I think so too. I have them at five wins. I have them missing a bowl now. I don't see it as an impossibility they get to six because I think there is enough talent mm-hmm. that they may steal one from someone that sure. we don't expect, especially later in the season as the roster starts to gel. But yeah, you have to be realistic about this. Uh, from one to five wins would actually in one year with the history that CU has had, would actually be a monumental yes. turnaround. Uh, getting to a bowl game would be almost miraculous. Yep, I agree. And I think reality is going to maybe hit some people in the face, and I think it will. I mean, the over-under generally for wins in, in Vegas for the Buffs is three and a half. I think they'll beat that. I do, too. But, but again, I don't think they'll double it. No. And I, I don't think they'll beat TCU. I do think they'll hang with them, which I think mm-hmm. would, would be a really good sign. I do think they will beat Nebraska at home. That may be the CU homer in me. Although Matt Rule will, he will but, have But he's Nebraska. done the yeah, same it, thing exactly. that Sanders has done, but with yep. slightly less success. Exactly. And pouted about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> exactly. Dion has been, and he has, he's pouted about it. He's been he upset. Has. And uh, there is a part of, I mean, remember, I, I, I went to see you when they were not good but great, and I've I followed that to the program where even if they had had one win, as long as it was over the Cornhuskers, I could live with it. Sure. I'm like, eh, okay. <laughs> so the, the, the Nebraska game looms large, but uh, and I think they'll they'll crush Colorado State uh, at, at home in the in the game. But all three of those are nationally televised, mm-hmm. and so that's the concern. What if they? What if it's a tougher game against CSU than you think? What if Jay Norvell is doing a good job? Up at Colorado State actually has that air raid working, and and uh, it, it tests Colorado. Um, what if they don't beat Nebraska yeah. at home? What if they end up one and two in their first three games, and all of those are on national TV? And you got Oregon and USC coming up, right? Uh, both of which, at least at the moment, uh, have preseason rankings of fifteen and six. Probably not beating those teams. So you you could, if they don't beat Nebraska, you could be staring at a one and four start. Yeah, could be. And then, who knows what the message is at that point? I think it's the biggest challenge that Coach Prime has We've right now. We've never seen him in that situation. We've never seen him there. It, it, he he lined up with a better plan and with better players at Jackson State and won football games. And the old saying is that you know it's the Jimmys and the he, Joes. He had D one players at a D two school. Absolutely. And he and he beat people, and he beat a bunch of D two schools. Right, good, good for you. Yes, I mean, uh, he did. They, he wasn't handed the D one players. He got him there. He deserves the credit for that. But that's a different kind of win. Now you're now you're D one. You're not only D one versus D one. You're Power Five. Although you know, Pac twelve is disassembling itself in a hurry, but it's still <laughs> Pac two at the moment. I think. But you're talking about a totally different level of competition. Yeah. And you're talking about a totally different level of quarterbacking that you're facing. Look at the quarterback yes. in the Pac-12 this year. And uh, we've never seen Deion Sanders with a team that's had a, a, a losing record, let alone potentially staring at a one and four. Now, I'm, I'm hoping that Deion is, in fact, I know he's no fool. No. Oh, my he, goodness. He has no. to realize no. he doesn't have a 10-win team in front of him, not this year at least. Mm-hmm. So 
it will be fascinating to see. Presumably, he knows making a bowl game would be tough. He probably has a plan for that. What is it? It's, Maybe even an expectation. It's, it's going to unveil itself. And you're right. To me, that's the most intriguing part of this season is what happens when the expectations of top 25, which I don't think are realistic, and I don't even think are held internally. I really don't. I don't think anyone up in Boulder has the disillusions that, that you get here and go, oh, well, they, they're going to be a top 25. I don't think anybody believes that in Boulder. There's no reason to say you don't believe that. But I don't think they do in, in their hearts and in their minds. So we'll find out what the plan is. But you're right. How Deion Sanders handles that is going to be the blueprint for CU football in the next coming years. Not right now. No question about it. It's what happens when the reality hits. When we continue, 12 finalists vying for a spot for the NFL Hall of Fame today. It is the Coaches and Contributors Committee in voting. And, yes, there are questions about two former Denver Broncos. That when we continue. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Tuesday Morning Drive brought to you by Roller Auctions. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Tomorrow, an auction for government fleet vehicles featuring SUVs, vans, sedans, pickup trucks, even RTD buses that you can convert to a motorhome or whatever else you might do with RTD buses. Maybe you've got some evil Knievel in you. Ooh, jump over that. Jump over some RTD buses. Now, you'd need more than one if you were any good at it. Well, what if you just did it lengthwise? Ooh, that's a good call. I mean, that's like five buses. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. So, you know, go get your bus. You only need really one bus at auction. Are you too young for the Evil Knievel vintage? You were okay with Robbie Knievel. I'm, I'm right? a, yeah, I was yeah, certainly aware yeah. of Evil Knievel. Uh-huh. But, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you could do that. I By the way, this is, um, remember the whole don't get sued thing. That, that, that Those comments were for entertainment purposes only. Well, I'm not actually were. recommending you jump buses. <laughs> of course not. We don't think that's probably a good idea. Probably not smart. I mean, unless you're really good at it. What is a good idea is the possibility of discussing a couple of former Denver Broncos coaches, two of the best, Mike Shanahan, Dan Reeves, amongst 12 finalists vying for one spot and one spot only Mm. in the NFL Hall of Fame via the Coaches and Contributors Committee in voting today. With all due respect to those on this list, I have tried to cull the most likely candidates in my humble estimation. Tom Coughlin, Mm -hmm. Mike Holmgren, Robert Kraft, Art Rooney Jr., Marty Schottenheimer, along with Dan Reeves, Mike Shanahan. The seven headliners. Yesterday after practice, Sean Payton made a pretty nice argument for Shanahan, who, of course, was a fellow quarterback a little before his time at Eastern Illinois, citing his innovation, amongst other things, on offense. These are two guys that I think are both 
legitimate candidates for the Hall of Fame, maybe two guys that at some point will get there. How reasonable, well, who's the more viable candidate in your estimation right now, Shanahan or Reeves? It's it's Shanahan. I think uh, so, too. Dan Reeves is uh, actually 10th you know, on the all-time list in wins mm-hmm. with, uh, with 190. And I think when you also look at Dan Reeves, you say coaches and contributors. I don't think you can necessarily separate out the player, Dan Reeves, who was very, very good, very good yeah. and instrumental in some of the Cowboys' great Super Bowl runs. So I, I, I think you have to put that into the equation, making Reeves, uh, I think, as equally viable a candidate. Put it this way. I don't think anybody should be disappointed if either gets in. I think you can make very good arguments for both. Uh, the problem is, I believe, there's one monumental figure standing in the way of the names that you mentioned there, and that's Robert Kraft. Yeah, Robert Kraft, to me, is the no-brainer in this group. And if you believe that Tom Coughlin and Mike Holmgren, and Art I, Rooney Jr. will all get in at some particular point. I, I definitely feel that Holmgren will. Uh, Coughlin, I, I think, is maybe... A bridge too far. That might be a bridge too far right? for me, but I, I think Reeves should be in, Shanahan should be in, uh, Kraft will be in. Do you think Marty will get in? I don't. Man. But I have bias well, there because I speak as well, I cover you, you a lot what? of his chief teams. You know teams. what? To be fair, I take that back. Uh, he's eighth all time in wins. Right. With 200. Oh, yeah. And his coaching tree mm-hmm. is significant. And you also have a very difficult time talking to any of his colleagues at the time who would say anything bad about Marty Schottenheimer. And it's easy to forget during that run in which. Mike Shanahan's Broncos got the better yep. of Marty Schottenheimer's Browns. Uh, it took the drive, one of the most legendary drives in the history of football, and it took one of the most unlikely fumbles, fumbles in the history right. of football for the Broncos to get over those Browns teams. And if they go to the Super Bowl, and even if they get waxed like the Broncos did mm-hmm. in those Super Bowls, Marty Schottenheimer's career looks very different. And put it this way, I, I, I don't know if he'll make it in. I would not complain about it if he did. I, I think he's deserving. I think there's just uh, a little bit of uh, a, a stain there that is not entirely his fault that may end up influencing some of the voters. And the the problem is when you got a guy like Schottenheimer, the further away you get from his career, the easier it is for some of the simple narratives to look at it, blocking and obscuring some of the more important details. Robert Kraft is the odds-on favorite. That's a lock. Without question. It's a lock. Today. What are the arguments against Mike Shanahan? We know what they are for it, it, it's him. It's very simple that his career post John Elway yep. was, uh, and, and let's let's not too put too fine a point on it. it Call it what it is. Average. Yeah. Average. At it, best. It, it, he was an average uh, coach. Now, the influence in the way offenses run, totally different. But, you know, after John Elway retired, his career numbers were quite average. And that's the reality of the situation. And, that's the argument against. Of course, it's also going to be the arguments against Bill Belichick, sure. who even has enough rings, who, by the way, the bloom's off the rose there, too. A great coaches with great quarterbacks when that pairing happens. Was Andy Reid a Hall of Famer before he landed Patrick Mahomes? How is he now? No-brainer. The, the pairing matters. Yes. And oftentimes, neither is, is as great as they were together but the coach is the one that tends to suffer the most because guess what? Coaches aren't in the field. Players still win games. Absolutely. No question about it. It's remarkable to me that, uh, that you, that is an august group of guys. And of course that's what the NFL. I mean, really, I mean the guys you listed, none of them, none of them don't 
Yeah, I, it's not like you would, you know, Art Rudy, fluff any of them off, please. right? I mean, right. But yeah. you are absolutely right. Robert Kraft. It's Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft will go. And that's into- unfortunate, but get ready for it, Broncos fans. It's coming. Yeah. That guy, the one that Roger Goodell sits in the bo- his booth with all the time, he's the one that's going in. When we continue in a moment, there is a Denver athlete on the cover of one of the biggest video games. You're a video. Are you a video gamer, Alex? Not as much as I used to, but I still play from time to time. But Nigel, do you play video games? Yeah. He, he does. does. Yep. All right, yep. all right. So, and and I've got I've got kids that play video. You do? Sean Drotar yeah, does. You do? Yeah, man. Well, then you're going to get familiar with uh, with this real quickly. We'll tell you what it's all about here in a moment. Live in the bottle, that's the way it is. But it's too young to look like his So mama went off and left him She wanted more from life than he could give I said somebody's gotta take care of him So I quit school and that's what I did Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle Presented by Silterhar Mazda A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield At Silterhar Mazda Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Are we going to condense two things into one here? Because I'm up against the final word, right? We could do that, or we could just talk about our, our cover athlete. Yeah, that, which is, I think, really cool. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize that Sean <laughs> was so experienced in this world of yeah. video games. which Especially makes it, sports video games. Which makes it even better. I got to tell you, I I don't play them, but I was excited to hear that Avs defenseman Kale McCarr is on the cover of NHL 2024. Because to me, even for guys at the highest level that are making millions of dollars, this is kind of a interesting form of validation. Well, how old are those guys? Though? Right. They're right in the, that's a big deal. Exactly. It's a big I mean, deal. And even and Kale came out. I saw him on social yesterday mm-hmm. saying how cool this was for him and how much it really meant. Wow, what a really cool thing! What did, what does it mean for a player? Do you suppose it's it's a big deal? He's not the first Avalanche player to be on the cover of NHL. Like I said, and you know, I've I've talked about it before, but I've I've consulted for EA Sports. I've consulted on for the, for almost twenty years. Yeah. So I've worked on a lot of these games, including not this year's NHL, but NHLs of the past. Uh, and uh, Peter Forsberg was the cover athlete in 1991, I believe. Um, and he, even for for Forsberg, you know, that was kind of a, 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 a cool idea. Or 2001, sorry for Peter mm-hmm. Forsberg. Um, it was even though he wasn't really the, the the guy that was into that and coming out of Sweden. It was like, yeah, it's it's validation that uh, they believe my face, yes, is should be the face of the NHL going outward because now nowadays. Uh, for good or bad, there's no competing products. These leagues have one product that they license with the, with a game developer. One, the NHL's digital face is EA's NHL title, and so to be on the cover of it, yeah, it basically says, you know, to, to us, we believe you're the person who will sell hockey. You're the face of hockey. Now, the part where I don't know what a cover means because mostly digital now, nobody sure. goes out and buys a lot of discs right. anymore. But but the the statement is still is still big, and. Um, yeah, I, I think it is really cool to have that be one of your athletes. And I think in Makar's case, it is further validation that uh, he is a star that transcends 
uh, the sport itself and certainly is kind of the face that the NHL would like to put forward and say not only is is our sport uh, fun, but it's also cool and exciting, and you should want to be in it. Has he become the, the star for the Avs? He's for the, for the Avs, yes, because Nathan McKinnon – couldn't care less about it. You just couldn't. That's why. Yeah, it's just not a. It's not couldn't a factor for him. Right. Right. And Miko Rantanen is a star See, the, by any other definition, really other than being actually a star. Right. Just in his mentality, Makar has that kind of quiet, ah shucks, but his skill set is so the roof. remarkable. I, I I just always think of that. And I don't know if it was last year or the year before when he skates behind the net up in Chicago. And then flips and then, on a dime. And then flips him on a dime and comes back and scores. Was one of the most breathtaking goals I've seen in the NHL in a long time. And you see a lot of breathtaking goals in the NHL. The year before they won the Stanley Cup, I had had a discussion with Sandy Clough when we read our show at another outlet. And uh, he stared at me like I was insane because I said at the time, I'm like, Kale McCarr is the most transformative mm. defenseman since Bobby Orr. Well, if you know Sandy's background from, sure. from upstate New York, uh, he stared at me like I was a lunatic, mm. just a, a flat lunatic. <laughs> uh, over the last couple of years, I've won him over Yeah, because he has transformed the way that defensemen play. And what a great time to be a Denver sports fan. Mm -hmm. You have a generationally transformative defenseman who is literally changing the way that the young hockey players play the position. You have a transformative center in this town who changes the way that people are trying to play the center position. You have that happening simultaneously in this town. What an extraordinary time to be a fan. It's remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. And, uh, and I, it takes me, it, it takes a minute for me to move the needle that was something. I'll, that I'll was have you over. We'll, we'll play it. We'll play it this. Oh fall. my god! You. I know. I, I am. I know my limitations. You, know, you want to know the, uh, my weird overlap? <laughs> I literally learned how the very confusing offsides rule worked in hockey. Uh huh. From that video game. Uh, well, I, I don't doubt it. Kept getting penalties. And I'm like, what? And then I finally. Oh, okay. Okay, now I get and it. The two line pass, which thank goodness they got rid of. But but I literally learned how those worked. Yeah. Through that game. Great and, stuff. And that's one of the ways that that they've extended into creating fans more knowledgeable fans. Congratulations to Kale McCarr. What do we have uh, on the final word? The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. All righty, guys. Just in case you missed it. So this was from this past weekend. Uh, it was unclear if Garrett Wilson was intentionally trolling, but during the Jets' second preseason game against the Panthers, Wilson gave an in-game television interview <laughs> with his uniform off, sunglasses on, and also wearing a Gilligan or a bucket hat. On Twitter, Wilson liked a tweet that had a screenshot of him giving the interview, and the caption was A-plus Sean Payton troll. So I think he kind of knew what he was doing here. Was this some uh, elite trolling from Garrett Wilson? It was extremely elite and damned funny. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was great. Uh, good for you. Look, I mean, the, I don't know if he meant to, but Sean Payton created a rivalry, and sure. you know what? Uh, good. Now it's a rivalry between two teams that haven't made the playoffs with the longest run in the NFL, but it was uh, it was hilarious. I was just happy that Sean Payton 
let me know that I'm not the only person in the world who always called those Gilligan hats. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. I thought it was great that uh, that Peyton Manning the next day showed up wearing mm-hmm. on the sideline, you know, a Gilligan. Yeah, hat. I think Sean Payton maybe created a monster there. I don't know if he realizes what he has wrought. Absolutely. Well, he's going to learn. Speaking of Peyton Manning, he is returning to the University of Tennessee to teach classes as a professor. Uh, as the university announced Monday that the College of Communication and Information has appointed Manning as a professor of practice in the fall 2023 term. He will join select classes during the academic year as a featured expert and work alongside the college's faculty to provide learning experience for uh, CCI students at Tennessee. Uh, your thoughts on Peyton's new title, Professor Manning? Well, here are my thoughts. I'm about 21 hours away from graduating because television got in my way, right, to get my education figured out. Sign me up online for the University of Tennessee. If Peyton Manning is leading a class I am here for it. Uh, obviously, you know, the professor of football was already there, but uh, this makes sense. I mean, you're talking about a guy that has managed how to communicate his persona incredibly effectively during his career, post-career, now with uh, with his production company. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. What an opportunity for, for Tennessee students. Oh, absolute gold, if you ask me. So good stuff. All right, there you go. The final word, courtesy of Argonaut Wine and Liquor at Colfax Online at Argonaut Liquor. Dot com. Uh, Nigel, Alex, as always, fantastic. You always make us better, and I appreciate it. Eric will be back tomorrow. Sean, thank you very much for taking the time, Tons the energy, the effort, the insight uh, that you provided over the last couple of days. Uh, it's been fun. I've looked forward to working with you, and it hasn't disappointed. So yeah, hopefully we get to do it again. Thanks, I, thanks I, would, I would certainly look forward to it. Have a good one, everybody. We appreciate it. We'll be right back here tomorrow morning. Have a good one.